everyone. Welcome back to the 2E Homeschooling Podcast. My name is Jolene. If you're new here, welcome. Um, This is the podcast where I talk about my four 2E kiddos and our homeschooling journey and raising them. And, um, you know, sometimes I'll be throwing in some helpful tidbits and (laughs) that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, so, you know, I'm coming at it from a mom's perspective, things that I've learned and Um, Along the way, I do have a background in education, um, but really they don't teach you any of this stuff in school. (laughs) So you really just kind of figure it out on your own. And um, I, I wanted to talk today about what led us to homeschool and our journey with that. And uh, I thought maybe it would be helpful for other families out there. I know with COVID going on and everything like that, that, um, you know, a lot of people are conflicted on what they want to do for school, and homeschooling has become a more viable option for a lot of families, especially those that are remote working, or they just want another choice, or whatever the reason may be. There are dozens and dozens and dozens of reasons why somebody would choose to homeschool their children, and I think it's such a unique opportunity, and um I never, ever thought that I would be homeschooling my kids. I I grew up wanting to be a school teacher myself, and I did end up getting my bachelor's in elementary ed, and, um, you know, that's what I want to do with my life. I, I pictured, you know, having kids and being on the same schedule as them, and, um, you know, that was, that was the plan. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, different things happen. Um, with our public school experience and with my kids and military life. And, um, you know, there's a lot of reasons we chose to homeschool that were completely unexpected um, for us because, you know, it definitely wasn't in the plan. I was public schooled myself and my husband was also public schooled. And I believe all of our family, siblings, parents on both sides have always, um, always been public schooled. So, um, and I, I do want to preface with, I think public school, while there are obviously a lot of issues and nothing's perfect and everything like, you know, that you can think of, um, when, you know, people are complaining about, um, you know, all the things that go wrong. I do think it has tremendous value and there are so many amazing teachers out there and a lot of families really rely on public school. And I do think it's wonderful. I was asked one time, you know, I own my home and I pay property taxes and quite a large chunk of that goes towards the public schools. And I was asked if, since I homeschool, especially for kids, you know, do I ever get upset that I have to pay property taxes on something that I'm not using? Um, Although we do use it in different facets, but um, this year we won't be um, at least for three of them. <laughs> and um, no, never. I, I think it's such a valuable um, tool for so many families that I I think public school can be great. So, um, you know, it's, it's definitely um, great for a lot of people. And I have friends that both homeschool and public school, and they both love their choices. And, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, so, yeah, so I wanted to kind of get into our journey and why we, why we homeschool. Um, let's see, my, my firstborn, when he went into kindergarten, we actually had that quintessential, amazing kindergarten experience. 
you know, I had a, uh, a little tot at home and we could um, walk to the school and I saw my son off. He did full day kindergarten and he loved it. The teacher was amazing. She was an elderly lady. <laughs> I think she only ended up teaching two more years. She was almost to retirement. And she was so fantastic with these kids. And she really got my kid. And she was just amazing. She was a great first experience. And I was unfortunately naive to believe all experiences were going to be that way. And I really had this great idea in my head that, um, you know, this was our path. And, um, yeah, so kindergarten was great. And then, you know, first grade happened and it was the opposite. It was a complete nightmare, um, to the point that the teacher was being, I don't know, just, I guess abusive would be the right word for it. Um, uh, denying basic things to my kid and, um, just, Maybe I shouldn't go into total detail about it, but it was pretty like horrible what happened in that classroom. And she just was not a good teacher. <laughs> um, I just, I mean, I laugh about it now, but I was just completely like horrified by this teacher at the time. And, um, you know, my son did end up getting a switch of teachers halfway through and, um, into to a better classroom. And, uh, you know, toward the end of the year, this was when we were starting to, to try to kind of figure out some things that was going on with, with my son, with his reading, because, you know, he's dyslexic. And, um, she's like, well, he can read books, but, um, he can't read a vocabulary list, you know, just point blank. And she didn't really know what was going on. She sent him down to special ed to the school counselor or psychologist or whoever does the testing. And, um, you know, he scored too high to be in special ed and, but she wasn't really sure what was going on. Um, and so, uh, we decided that we were going to, um, enroll him in the third grade. Um, and that was until my husband, um, sorry, not third grade, you guys, second grade, we're not skipping grades here for him. <laughs> so, okay. Second grade is what we enrolled him in. Um, and then my husband got, um, some orders and we went on a temporary PCS across the country for eight months. And, um, if we would have done this through a public school way, he would have had three public schools that year. And so I've always been curious about homeschooling and that first grade year is what really got my gears turning and trying to, uh, you know, gathered the research and kind of think about it. My husband was not for it at all. He was really, really hesitant about it. You know, he had a, his public school experience was, you know, eh, fine. <laughs> um, you know, and, um, you know, really that was the only way, um, that we had ever thought about home, uh, schooling our kids. So it wasn't, it wasn't something that was not with enthusiasm. <laughs> and, um, so, you know, this PCS came up and I'm like, well, why don't we just try it for one year this way? He doesn't have three schools for a year. Um, because I feel like that's kind of a little crazy to, to put a kid through if we don't absolutely have to. And eh, what's one year. So, um, you know, we went ahead and decided that, you know, what's there to lose? Nothing, <laughs> you know, get a, we'll just put him back in public school the next year. And so, um, we went ahead and did that. And the, it was such an eye-opening year for me because not only did, I mean, I learned so much about this kid. I mean, I learned not only that he was dyslexic and I already knew that he was 
dyslexic by me going through, you know, reviewing all of, you name it, like CVC words and all the phonics and sight words and everything like that. And I realized that he had a big problem with it. And I realized what the problem was just from my own schooling and research and, you know, moms, they do lots of research. <laughs> and um, yeah, so we worked on that and also learned that he was really, really like oh, smarty pants in math. I didn't really know what gifted was. I didn't know um, what it meant, but I did know that he flew, flew through three years of curriculum in one year. And the only reason that we stopped was that we moved. <laughs> and I was actually um, very pregnant with his little brother. So um, yeah, it was it was a very interesting year. So, um, and that was also the year that my, my oldest daughter, she was, I don't know, two and a half, three. Um, she did preschool and went through like a lot of pre-K stuff. So she was kind of following suit with him essentially. So, um, yeah, so we moved back and had a baby, you know, my, my third and, um, you know, we kind of did really light school through the summer and, um, the school that we were in district for um, wasn't a very good school. I was really nervous about putting him in, um, knowing that he had dyslexia and that we hadn't um, quite, I hadn't finished doing all of the things I wanted to do um, with his schooling in, in order to make him successful and not be frustrated. And um, the school wasn't really, like I said, that great or known for, um, being, I don't know, good. I don't know. Is that, I know like everyone goes on and they see like the great schools online. And, you know, I know they're, those are just testing scores and they're kind of arbitrary and I don't know. I just, I, I didn't have a good feeling about it. And <laughs> so we decided to homeschool one more year, just, just one more year. Right. And, um, so I went ahead and homeschooled him for third and my daughter for kinder. And, um, yeah, so we just kept at it. And so after that year, we just kept kind of homeschooling. <laughs> so, um, we realized that he was just getting more and more ahead. And I was wondering how that would impact him going back into public school. But I also had this notion that there was no way that I could homeschool middle school or high school there was just no way because I was incapable of doing it because society drilled it into my head that I was incapable. <laughs> and so, um, you know, K through five is easy, but you know, I personally am not great at math and, and I'm not super sciencey. So I kind of had this, this notion that, you know, I, I was not capable of, of teaching my own child. And, um, you know, I feel like that's a, a true and untrue statement. Um, you know, fast forward to now where he is 14, I am incapable of teaching him pre-calculus, which is the next class he needs to take. However, I am not incapable of finding fantastic resources for him. So I think that is um, also the misconception that if you can't personally teach it, then you should have just no business teaching your own child that subject. Um, therefore, you shouldn't teach them at all. And, um, I know it's scary. It totally freaked me out because, um, it's just, it's hard when you, you know, you start getting up into the subjects and, you know, and I had, 
you know, the teaching methods and the, all of that, you know, kind of training and, um, education. And I still, I was like, no way, not past fifth grade. So our plan was for him to go into sixth grade into the middle school, which was supposed to be fantastic. And so he brought up the idea since he, he being my son, knowing that the plan was for him to go to middle school. So he said, why don't I go into fifth grade, kind of get my feet wet, make some friends because the friends that I make for my neighborhood elementary school, I will go to middle school with. I was like, um, that's a smart idea. Yeah, that's great. Let's do it. So, um, I let him decide to go ahead and I enrolled him in the fifth. And by, by this time, you know, I'd, I'd homeschooled him for three years. I knew what he was capable of. We had, um, the summer prior to enrolling him into fifth grade, he had had a whisk done, a whisk, uh, five, the Weschler IQ test. And he had actually a full workup because I wanted him to be able to get all of the accommodations that he needed. I knew he was 2E by this time. And I knew that he was going to need dyslexia support and he was going to need um, support for advanced classes. And I, I really wanted to be able to provide that for him. Well, a lot of those things you need testing for or some sort of documentation or it can take forever. Unbeknownst to me, ended up taking forever anyway. But um, so, yeah, we we went ahead with that. And, um, you know, at this time that we enrolled him in the fifth, my daughter was going to be in going into kindergarten, but we had already done kinder with her. And she actually had the same the Whipsy, the also, which I believe is also a Weschler test, um, but for younger ages. And so. Um, she was also confirmed gifted with him, um, but no learning um, disability or anything was suspected at the time. Um, you know, fast forward to last fall, and we also found out she was dyslexic as well. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so we ended up getting her grade skipped, and she went into first grade, and he went into fifth grade, and she had a really fantastic first grade year. And first grade had me a little scarred for my son. And, um, so we ended up, um, leaving her in first grade. She really loved it. He loved fifth grade. Although for me, it was really frustrating. And by loving fifth grade, he really loved being at the school. He really loved his friends and all the extracurriculars. And he did, um, the violin and, um, you know, all that kind of like extracurricular things that he really liked. The problem is, is that, He scored too high to get any um, help for the dyslexia. In fact, I had a meeting with him at the beginning of the school year, and they're like, well, we'll just wait and see. So they didn't want to give him any advanced courses, which I had been really helpful because when we had the beginning of the year meeting, his math teacher was a previous gifted and talented math teacher. And I was really excited because like, oh, man, she'll know what to do with him. This kid was not challenged the entire year. And because he's such a chill, compliant kid and doesn't um, raise hell about anything, he just sat there doing his work, being kind of chatty. But, you know, he never had any behavior problems, and um, he just kind of went with it. And this was a kid that was getting ready to start pre-algebra by the time that we were going into – or that we were ending fourth grade. So – he was completely unchallenged. They didn't want to give him accommodation for the dyslexia side of it because if you have a 2E kid, you know that a lot of times they slide right down the middle 
you know, they, they test too high for one thing and, um, so they don't get the help that they need, but because they're so smart, they can accommodate the disability. Um, and so they slide under the radar that way, but the disability, because they don't have the support for it and the accommodation for it. So the, the playing field is even, then they don't test high enough to, um, get the advanced help, you know, help that they need. And I do call it help. You know, I, it's, it's all special education, you know, it really is, um, gifted ed and learning disabilities is all special education. You need accommodation for both sides of it. And it's so hard for public schools to see 2E. It's hard enough for them to recognize gifted and to know what to do with those kids, but man, 2E, like forget about it. It's so, so difficult. And they're just, I mean, they're not trained on it. It's not necessarily that they they want to ignore it or um, that they're bad teachers. They just, they don't understand 2E. They're not trained in it. They probably never touched on 2E in in their college prep. My college prep had, we did exceptional learners. I have one class and gifted had like one page. And I think, I don't even know if they, they mentioned 2E. I, I don't recall that they did. It's just not something that's hot. And so, you know, of course I could get on my high horse about how the whole system needs to change and whatever, but that's not what we're here for. <laughs> so anyway, so, um, he went on to sixth grade because I, I met with the principal and I explained what the problem was and they were going to get him a 504 and they were going to make sure he got what he needed for advanced classes. And they were going to make sure he got the dyslexia support and all this stuff. So at the end of the year, students take this thing called the SBA. It's the end of the year main test. My son finally tested low enough, just barely low enough on his ELA portion to get flagged for help. And I'm like, thank God. (laughs) So he ended up doing a semester. He didn't do social studies the first semester of sixth grade. He ended up doing this like whole writing, reading ELA support it was amazing. It was the most amazing resource. He loved the class. He grew exponentially and, and learning about doing, um, like, uh, tactics and things like that. And he did fantastic. He, he really did. In fact, he tested out of it the first quarter, but there was space. So he chose to say a second quarter and then they're like, okay, kid, you got to get out of here. <laughs> and we need to get another kid in here. There was another kid that needed to go, to go in. There was no longer space. So he had to go. So, but they still wouldn't give him a 504 and they still wouldn't do anything for him. So again, he sat in another math class. He got A's on everything and the entire class sat there compliant and quiet. And by the end of the school year, I, um, he did his SBA again, again, he got a four cause you know, the four is the, the exceeding or whatever. And, um, you know, he, they, I asked him, I'm like, so can he go ahead and in seventh grade start the algebra? Cause they had three different advanced math tracks. They're like, well, maybe we can like get a waiver to, I'm like, never mind. <laughs> Just never mind. We, I, I grabbed my 504, which by the way, we got on the very, very last day in the afternoon of the last day of school. And I took my 504 that was signed and left and we never went back. <laughs> and, um, so we homeschooled. Um, and, um, I guess I should backtrack. So my daughter was in second grade when he was in 
um, sixth. And we pulled her halfway through second because, again, schools have the notion that if you are, um, if you're grade skipped, what other differentiation could you possibly need? And so my daughter um, was um, still being kind of pigeonholed into things that she had already been doing for a long time. And the teacher was punishing her for, you know, she was losing like recess time because she refuses you yet another 50th worksheet on something she learned three years ago. And she was just, it was really frustrating for her. And she began to really, really hate public school. And um, she's a sensory seeker kid and she needs that activity. And she finally said, mom, can I come home? Like, can I homeschool again? Cause I don't really like it. And I'm like, yeah, of course you always have the choice to come home. And she's like, I can't stand it. I am so bored. I just, I want to come home. This teacher doesn't listen to me and I'm so frustrated. And I had just seen the love of her love of learning dwindle and dwindle. And I'm just like, come home kid. So she wanted to go on one last field trip, which was the last week of the first semester. And she came home and, uh, you know, after that, which, was the first week of February, um, was at Mark and I had to de-school her, um, which I should probably do an episode on. I think it's so important. She de-schooled for the rest of the year. She did almost no school. She wanted to do math. She wanted to do science. She wanted nothing to do with ELA. She wanted nothing to do with reading. She barely, she just wanted to do art and she was miserable. She just, uh, it was so sad. <laughs> Um, I just, I felt so, so bad, but I mean, it's not like I could have known, right? I thought this teacher was going to be just as amazing as the last teacher. And again, the teacher, she was overwhelmed. She had way too many kids. They were doing a switch, um, of a switch around of classrooms that year. Cause they were remodeling. I mean, she, I don't think knew what to do with my daughter. Um, and so ultimately you know, that teacher's lack of knowledge and lack of resources, which again, that's a systemic thing. It's not, um, I don't necessarily blame that teacher. Um, you know, I don't, I, I just think that she had a lot on her plate. She was really overwhelmed and she was not equipped to handle kids like my, my daughter. So, um, but it does suck for us because, you know, I had to, to really get her back and we are, so that was, Second grade that she came home, third grade, she really wanted nothing to do with learning again. We didn't do much for third grade. We, I just followed her interests. I just let her kind of do whatever she wanted and tried to fit in lessons where I could. And, um, and, uh, fourth grade, she finally found her love of learning again, although we did, um, find out she was dyslexic. So that was pretty instrumental in switching some things up to help her out. And, uh, now she's going into fifth grade. She is so freaking excited about school this year. She got to help choose all the curriculum. She's helping rearrange the room. We're doing all nature studies. She's total nature girl. She's really into science. She's happy about reading again. She knows that she struggles. She knows why that she wasn't enjoying it and what her frustrations were. And we are working on it. And she's, you know, not embarrassed about it or anything anymore. She's just ready, ready to go. And I love seeing that. I love to see how passionate she is. And we did have to do not last year, but the year before, um, third grade was the first year that she had to do formal testing and she hates it, but she <laughs> got through it besides spelling, which is totally expected. Um, because 
uh, dyslexics generally can't spell. <laughs> so at least not my, my kids can't. Um, other than that, I mean, she scored sky high in like everything and she hadn't done very much for school in about a year and a half. You know, she just did some, uh, classes at the local, um, she used to do enrichment classes, basically like electives and stuff and lots of art and she's not behind. She's still ahead. She, I mean, because, you know, kids like that, they learn on their own. They, they figure it out. And I just had to give her that space. And now she's really excited. And the more excited that you can get for your kid. Okay. The more you can get your kid excited about learning. There we go. Um, the, the more they're going to learn, honestly, they're just, um, these kids, you know, I, I talk about in my other episodes, how they just deep dive and that's what her learning is. Um, yeah. So we are still homeschooling. My oldest is, um, going into high school, although he has a year's worth of high school credits already. Cause we started him in high school in seventh grade. Um, and he had no problem with any of it. And yeah, so here we are. And so that's kind of how we've been in and out of public school. And now we're just here to homeschool to say my daughter never wants to go back. My six-year-old has never been to public school. He's going in the first grade this year. Um, he has no interest in it. I explained what it was. He's like, nah, okay. <laughs> and um, my oldest will be doing kind of like a hybrid, although I'm already kind of fighting with the schools because we're trying to get access to some college funding um, through the school and we're having a hard time. And so he may just end up taking, just doing homeschool and taking college classes and calling it a day. Um, and potentially doing a couple electives at the high school. Um, and that is it. And it's all online because of COVID. So yeah. So I, I didn't put music because I'm hoping that this is less distracting when I talk. So I do realize I talk fast I'm trying to slow it down. I'm trying not to make up my episodes more than a half an hour. Um, but yeah, so as you can see, we had um, quite a bumpy journey. We were in, a, in and out of homeschool. We had lots of different barriers that we had to kind of jump over. And so I hope that me sharing my story with you guys um, maybe gets you thinking about your own reasons of why you want to homeschool and you don't have to have anything detrimental happening to the want to homeschool. You can just homeschool because they're your kids and you can totally do it. You're capable. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to share kind of what our journey was and like all the things that kind of just happened to us. And now here we are in the trenches of homeschooling with no plans to ever turn back. I don't ever plan on not homeschooling unless I have a child that begs me to go back, which I don't, ever foresee happening, but it is possible. You never know. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, we're, we're lifers, I guess. So I went from having this fantasy of being that teacher with her kids all going to work with her to, I'm still the teacher. I'm just the teacher of my kids. And I guess my work is the homeschooling and we're still at home. So I guess it is still the same idea ideal. It is just manifested in a little bit of a different way. So yeah, so that's it. And um, I'm going to, so I started an Instagram and um, it's it's just at uh, 2E Homeschooling Podcast, all one word. Um, you can find it on Instagram. I'll post the handle in the description as well. And uh, yeah, so if you guys have any video suggestions or if you have any questions or comments, you can comment on the 
picture I make for this when I list the podcast. Um, you can go ahead and uh, and chit chat over there with me. So it was great talking with or talking at you guys, I guess. Um, I look forward to doing another episode and I hope everyone has a great night. I will talk to you later. Bye.